Welcome to this week's episode of A Certain Point of View. The night that we recorded this episode, let's just say we were really long-winded. And so we decided to cut it up into two different episodes. So we will be releasing part one to you guys this week and then part two next week. So let's get into it. So what I told you is true from a certain point of view. Hello there. Welcome to A Certain Point of View. I'm Michael. I'm Ben. And this is a Star Wars podcast. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing great. I'm chilling. I got my dog next to me. And I'm just excited for tonight. It's going to be a really fun discussion. Yes, we have a fun show in store for everybody tonight. Let's just go ahead and bring in our special guest. We have from the Outer Rim Facebook group and lots of other places, Josh Mesker. How you doing, man? I am doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man. Welcome to the podcast. We're super excited to have you on. Um, I joined the Outer Rim group a while back. Um, I don't remember when, but it really did kind of like get me thinking, oh, we should start a Facebook group for our podcast. I think that would probably be a good idea because that community is like super awesome. So like y'all are a big influence on that for sure. So why why don't you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your group real quick? Yeah. So the Outer Rim uh, was originally named Star Wars fans who actually like Star Wars. And the reason (laughs) for that is because it was really a response um, to a lot of the exaggerations out there. Some would call it toxic fandom that's out there where, you know, instead of actually having a discussion about what we love about Star Wars and that being the common ground that we build with one another, it was more about what everybody hates. And uh, that to me was actually killing my, my joy for my favorite franchise since I was a little kid. It was seriously damaging it. Um, And so I had to, for my own sanity, I was like, you know what, I'm going to create something myself and just kind of see how this goes. I'm going to try to implement a a mission statement, a philosophy of some kind about how we do things and how we do discussion and see where it goes. And so um, it started off as Star Wars fans who actually like Star Wars, just like I said, kind of a tongue in cheek uh, joke, and then we decided not long after that to brand it as the Outer Rim, and um, and that's what it is today. And now we're at almost uh, four thousand members, and we have a wide variety of opinions represented in the group um, that we respect. But we also ask that every member show respect, yeah, mm-hmm. as well. And if you're just going to come in and post a hot take or, you know, just mindlessly bash Disney or something like that, um, it's probably not the best place for you. Um, Because (laughs) what we really try to do is is be a place where Star Wars fans of all kinds can come and actually have civil and robust conversation, even debate about things. But there's a certain level of civility and respect that's required there and it's not for everybody but one thing that i have found out um 
is that once we set that atmosphere down um, and that's what we expected, it didn't stop the flow of people coming to the group at all. In fact, mm -hmm. I think it encouraged more people to come and invite others to it um, because it's different than than maybe what they've experienced in the past. And so mm -hmm. um, it's me and Gabe Green and Jeff Norman and James Hamrick, and we're the four uh, admins. And then a guy by the name of Drew is our current mod uh, and as well. And so he's been lurking around there for uh, <laughs> for a few weeks as a, as a mod. And... Uh, uh, he's on the council, but we don't grant him the, you know, uh, position of master <laughs> yet. Master so, yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is what Stop we, it's, it's, it's like Star Wars hazing. Like we tell that joke to him all the time and I think he's pretty sick of it. <laughs> um, and it. so, but he, he's a great guy and, um, is passionate about the franchise and just enjoying it for what it is, even if things don't go how you imagine them in your mind because mm -hmm. um, one thing i think we've learned about star wars is that as soon as you have this hard and fast idea in your mind about how something absolutely must be star wars is going to most likely tell you something different at, at any rate so that's the outer rim um if you search for us on facebook you should be able to find us answer a few quick questions and then you'll be in and we'd love to have you. <laughs> I remember yeah. when I was when I was answering those questions and one of them was how do you feel about the last Jedi? I was like, "Oh, I'm going to like this group." <laughs> well, I know exactly and, and why they're asking this question. <laughs> it really it really does gauge a a person's temperament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um because they don't have to like have... it. <laughs> No, and we've had plenty of people go, oh, it's not my favorite. Oh, I, I rank it kind of low, but hey, it's okay. Um, and we've had all kinds of responses, but we know that when somebody responds to that question with just outright venom and especially expletives. Ruined my childhood. Um, we, we know that that person probably yeah. isn't going to last. And every mm -hmm. once in a while, we'll let them in anyway, and then... Um, regret it later <laughs> um, because we really don't want to our intention is not to ever um, we want to cast as wide of a net as possible right, um, right. with uh, while at the same time keeping as much peace as possible and so unfortunately that's going to mean that um, you know a lot of uh, um, fans who uh really hate the new films or think that the expanded universe should have been saved or adapted into films or, and I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush here at all. I mean, I, I have friends who, who think that way, but they're not, they're civil about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, yeah. So, uh, no, at, yeah. No, so I was going to say, I, like, that's one of the things I love about the outer rim group is that like, it was like, I don't, I don't, Honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I hate Facebook, <laughs> like in general. Um, but <laughs> the Outer Rim group was one of the first, was like probably the first place I found on Facebook where I could talk about Star Wars or like read stuff about Star Wars and not just get completely upset, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like there are different opinions, but people for the most part are voicing them like 
understandably at least you know in a civil way exactly in a civil way and they it's like there are actual discussions going on instead of just constant like yelling from both extremes you know mm-hmm. Which yeah yeah because i mean we're fun. we're not going to put up with anybody who is calling people who prefer who dramatically and drastically prefer the 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 original trilogy or their prequels and don't like the the new ones we're not gonna put up with them with some people calling them man babies you know or anything like that like we're just Mm -hmm. and and that's why we create actually i think one of our crowning achievements in my opinion is how we formatted and presented the rules because uh uh i just laugh through those every single time i see them for (laughs) for some reason just because uh you know, it uses Star. It uses Star Wars quotes to explain our, explain our rules with funny memes. And who doesn't love, who doesn't love that? You know, <laughs> right? Everyone loves that. Uh, yeah. And so we we try really hard to be consistent. But, um, you know, folks in the group find out pretty quickly that the admins and and the moderators are all pretty big fans of the, the new films. And mm-hmm. the original trilogy, and the prequels, and the animated mm-hmm. series, and the books, and anything that can be considered canon, um, and um, so we just try to keep it keep it fun and engaging there. So I appreciate you guys being part of it. Heck yeah, yeah. man! We really we really love it. Um, so Josh, why don't you just tell us uh, before we get into our like discussions and stuff? Why don't you just tell us your history with Star Wars, like? How long have you been a fan? Um, what what got you started on Star Wars and all that stuff? How'd you fall in love with it? Yeah, it was actually with the original trilogy. I had seen it as a kid on VHS at one point uh, when I was quite young. But then when the special edition came out in the theaters in uh, 97-ish or so, yep. um, my grandfather actually took me to see all three of the original trilogy in the theater. So I got That's to, awesome. I, so cool. I, I got to live through that and, and do that. And so, you know, my first wow. star Wars theater experience was watching through the original trilogy in the late nineties before the Phantom Menace came out. That's awesome. Dude, that's um, so freaking cool. My gosh. Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, that's something I'll, I'll never forget being able mm. to to do that and um at least one of them um if i remember correctly i think at least one of them was um actually no that was phantom menace when cinema 150 was still around down yeah. off asher and little rock and anyway, probably, we probably time. lived in georgia at that time <laughs> yeah well i'm just saying just on a quick side note cinema 150 was this big dome movie theater that basically played one movie at a time massive screen and um i must have seen the phantom menace there 10 times or something like that wow. but um so but cool. at any rate so it was just as a kid and had toys and um you know saw the original trilogy the special edition in the theaters played um, you know, some classics like Shadows of the Empire on Nintendo mm-hmm. 64 and, you know, Rogue Squadron and, oh, yeah. you know, both on the N64 and GameCube. And then, 
you know, one of my personal favorites is Star Wars Episode One Racer, actually. Um, yes. I just <laughs> love that game so much. It's so fun. Um, it's 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 like it's it's like F Zero but with Star Wars, you know, and I'm not sure <laughs> exactly. how you get much much better than that. Um and then of course played plenty of you know, uh, I think my my first first person shooter that I ever played was Dark Forces. You know, oh wow! Um, and then you know, Jedi Knight came along, and mm-hmm. then um, of course I I was, you know, I just got all the cheat codes and just made my character just like overpowered as much as I possibly could, <laughs> just for just for fun. So I was like, no, I don't have time for, I don't have yeah. time for doing this the right way. I just want to kick some tail, but. Um, uh, so there was that, and then um, there's just that huge build-up to the Phantom Menace. I mean, and I was, uh, you know, when it came out in 1999, I was 15 years old, and mm-hmm. so and so I was the target. Yeah. For yeah. for it, um, and I saw it. I don't know how many times in the theater, a lot, and um, and then. Uh, and you know just really enjoyed it you know star wars is back never expected it to be and um and then you know we had attack of the clones and then you know revenge of the sith which was of course the you know in my opinion the 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 true high point in the in the prequel trilogy um just a great just a great movie and Mm -hmm. um where i really think the prequel trilogy found its voice and it's footing and then when you watch back through them i recently watched back through them um and actually had a new appreciation for the for the prequels mm-hmm. they're they're not perfect i have things Dude. that i can nitpick too but they they are part of the the mythology and the narrative and yeah, what and and they're important they're an important part about you know of it but you know as i got older you know and it's just kind of the way you you are sometimes but as you get older you're you you look back on movies that maybe you like more as a kid and you watch them again and you go and you notice things that you didn't realize <laughs> before and you're like oh you know and you kind of start scratching your head and so that didn't mean i hated the prequels by any means but i was certainly like man if if Star Wars ever comes back, I would love to see a kind of what I would consider a a return to form of some kind, yeah. you know, and and not in like a strict way, but but um, but something that that was accessible still to all ages, but 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 a mature Star Wars, yeah, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, and, I mean, because Star Wars yeah. from the beginning has been for kids, but adults freaked out about it too. So it's it's yeah. it's both accessible and it was mm-hmm. groundbreaking from the beginning. Right, mm-hmm. right, and so you know the lead up to um, you know continued to play Star Wars games and you know love the franchise, even though we never knew that you know there would even be an episode seven. Um, and then, you know, lo and behold, eight years after, uh, Revenge of the Sith comes out or or so, you know, George Lucas formally sells the franchise, or at least we, we learn a little bit more about it. And then there's a new Star Wars movie coming around, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in 2015. And so, um, I really, 
em- as a longtime Star Wars fan, I really embraced The Force Awakens. Um, mm-hmm. I I I understood that um, that there it was very heavy on nostalgia, um, but after a ten year hiatus for a franchise, I was like, it needs to have a decent level of that to pull in um, fans more, you know, fans to connect it to the original trilogy in particular. And, um, but for me, it had just enough of, you know, it had great new characters, a new storyline that I really liked. Um, the acting and writing and visuals were just top notch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is, I remember thinking after The Force Awakens came out, this is what, when it comes to a Star Wars film, this is what I have been waiting for. Like, yeah. as an adult fan mm-hmm. of the franchise, this is what I have been waiting for. Um, and uh, um, and so, you know, I spent time, of course, trying to engage on The Force Awakens, and already at that time, there was uh, just a lot of grinding of... Uh, and gnashing of teeth, you know, yeah. over it. Not quite as much as the next film well, that came after that. Not nearly as much, in my but in my view. <laughs> not nearly as much because let's let's be real here. I mean, The Force Awakens made over two billion dollars, so uh-huh. so you know yep. it had a lot of a lot of fans. But I could already see it trickling, though. I could yeah. already kind of see it trickling in and, and seeping in. Um, you know, and, and you had, you had some fans just talking about how it was just a total rehash of a new hope, which I completely disagree with. Um, Mm -hmm. there, there there's certainly some borrowed, um, story beats actually from the entire original trilogy to kind of create a new story. So there are some structural similarities in it, but, but the force awakens, I don't think could have rebooted the franchise any better than it did. I agree. Um, But I was, and this kind of brings us more to present day in a lot of ways. I loved The Force Awakens. It thrilled me. But I had this lingering concern in the back of my mind still that the sequel trilogy was going to play a little too safe. And then The Last Jedi answered that question for me. (laughs) And I was, it was the weirdest thing because... After I went and saw The Last Jedi the first time, I just sat and I was just, I knew I liked it, but I was like, what was that? What did I just watch? You know, like it was trippy. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Oh, me too. Me too. And it made me very emotional and um, thrilled me and threw me for a loop and did things that I never knew I wanted to see in a Star Wars movie and then saw it and and um but I was still like this this is a really dense film and and I am just trying to piece it all together so I'm like okay I got to go see it again so I go see it again and I like it more and then really the third time that I saw it um and I try to see every Star Wars movie at least 3 times in the theater to kind of like round, you know, just kind of get my thoughts together. Yeah. You got to get past the emotional high of the first one. 
You got to get past the, even the <laughs> second one. You start to settle into your actual opinions and thoughts of the third one because you know what's coming and all that. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And you can be a lot more, you know. And so, um, so I did that, and 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 truly, genuinely, by the by the by the time I um, got out of my third viewing, I was like, I'm not saying that this is a perfect film, and I would never say that. Um, but this answered my concerns about the force awakens that I had Mm -hmm. and it was, and to me, it represented star Wars grown up. Yeah. Yeah. And willing to take risks, uh, willing to tell something new and compelling, but within the structure of the Skywalker narrative, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I truly believe that, that the last, last Jedi for the most part pulled it off with flying colors. It's my third favorite star Wars film. Um, and I sing its praises all the time, much to the dismay of some <laughs> some, some, some others, uh, um, because of of just it's like every time I watch that movie, I'm struck by something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. and th- and that's why I love film. Mm-hmm. The best films for me are the ones that I revisit. And I find something new to appreciate about it. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Um, and 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 so, you know, so here I am, all high on the Last Jedi, and just getting pelted, <laughs> pelted <laughs> over it. I so here on one hand, I'm like, no, I think the Last Jedi just saved Star Wars, and then some other people are like, no, the Last Jedi. Ruin my childhood. Fire Kathleen Kennedy. Bring, bring back George Lucas. All these, all these things. And I'm like, well, George Lucas. George Lucas kind of like willingly sold the franchise and handpicked Kathleen Kennedy to run the studio. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they they don't want to talk about that. But that's that's a uh, that's neither here nor there. And so, um, I was, uh, I love that film, and I actually think that what the last Jedi does so subtly and so well is it begins to reconcile the entire Skywalker narrative. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking from the prequels forward Mm. and, and that's why, why I love it so much. And I think I really appreciate the boldness, uh, you know, that Ryan Johnson, you know, chose to, chose to have, you know, he had the benefit of writing, that film before anybody had even seen the force awakens. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when you look at it from a timeline standpoint, uh, the force awakens was created and developed before any expectations came out. The last Jedi was written before anybody had seen the force awakens and developed their own fan theories and talked about them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so those two films are, are um products of 
of, uh, you know, they were created before a lot of those theories kind of started taking on a life of, you know, life of their own and their expectations started to kind of, you know, create a life, you know, take on a life of their own. Um, And that kind of brings us to present day in a lot of ways. Um, I've always been more, I've loved, you know, like I said, I've loved the games and loved even some of the EU books as a teenager. I, I liked the young Jedi Knights books where, um, you know, the solo twins, you know, Mm -hmm. that, um, uh, Jason and Jaina solo who studied at Luke Skywalker's, um, uh, temple and, you know, read a few books from them and really liked them. But, um, I never made a super strong connection with the EU. My, I was always just more of a film person same here, or, or, or a video or a video game, you know, person where I wanted to experience the story through interactive media. And I love to read, um, uh, just my mind kind of bounces all over the place. Yeah. And uh, so that kind of brings us brings us to where we're at yeah. now or where we are now, where we're, you know, a, a, a few months after the release of episode nine and anticipating more announcements even tonight about additional Star Wars content. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. I we're really happy to have you on because I know that. Uh, it, uh, dude. Okay, so I've, you probably have, you know this probably. Ben and I are both uh, sequel apologists, if you will. We both we both defend them at the at least. Um, I, I definitely have my criticisms, but in general, I very much enjoyed the sequel trilogy and the Last Jedi mm-hmm. and all that. Um, I know that Ben has been chomping at the bit to talk in depth about The Last Jedi. And honestly, we have not had a podcast episode where we really, really, really do that yet. And so, um, Ben, why don't you just tell Josh your thoughts on The Last Jedi? I, I want, I want, let's just go ahead and get started. Yeah, the two people on this planet who probably love this movie the most. <laughs> I, think, um, I, I really think I, that's the case. <laughs> Like, I, um, no, seriously, though, I, man, when I watched, um, I had, like, a similar feeling when I watched The Force Awakens as you, where I was, you know, I I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I thought it was a really fun movie. I thought that the nostalgia felt good and warm and, like, a hug, you know? Um, And, like, I cried when the opening crawl started, because I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm watching Star Wars in theaters again. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's happening. Um, And... I mean, like, I even I even sat on the steps in the theater because the seat that I got was actually, like, a front row seat on accident, and I actually sat on the steps for The Force Awakens instead, and I was 100% happy. Um, but <laughs> oh, oh, you mean so you didn't have to, like, after two and a half hours, you didn't <laughs> right. have to go to the chiropractor? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to, you know, conserve my neck health. Um, That's where I sat so, for Man of Steel, and I, I definitely regretted it. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine sitting sitting there like that for like Lord of the Rings or something like that? Oh man, extended editions. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like after I watched The Force Awakens, I think that my one thing was literally I was like I enjoyed pretty much everything about that movie, but I just wish that they, I wish that they didn't do a trench run. It was like the one thing I was like, that's the one moment where it just went a little too far with the nostalgia <laughs> for me. I was like, I was with you. 
and I was I was I was defending you, um, but so I was a little worried he was gonna play it too safe and everything with the uh, Last Jedi. But whenever I went to see Last Jedi, I was so taken by surprise. It's the first time I've ever sat in a theater and watched a Star Wars movie, in at, or at home for that matter, where I just had no idea what was gonna happen next. And I loved it. I was mm-hmm. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I was like, at a certain point, I stopped guessing what was gonna happen next. I was like, I'm just here for the ride. This is awesome. Like, <laughs> I was like, it looks beautiful. It's telling a really deep story. Um, this is making me actually love Luke more than I ever have, um, which is really funny because it's that's the opposite feeling that a lot of people had. I remember when I left the theater that night. I heard some people talking about Luke in particular, like literally just outside the theater. Someone was like, man, didn't get to see my Luke. Didn't get to see Luke like he should have been and stuff. And I was like, what are you talking about? That was Luke. Like, and he was like, he was like, no, nah, I could have at least like put as lightsaber and killed some things and stuff. And I was like, he projected himself across the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, People have a weird misconception of who Luke is. I really do believe that. Hey. Or or they just or they just created their own image of Luke that is just I don't know. I mean like yeah, he was a hero. And yeah, he mm-hmm. had his moments of optimism and stuff, but like he always had that like sort of dark whiny part to him and just as he got older and stuff happened to him, of course he was going to be the way he was. And so um, after the movie came out and I was like on a high from it I was like this is the best Star Wars movie I've seen since Empire I'm so excited like I can't wait to talk to all these people who are going to love it and I go to the internet and people are saying that they hate the movie for all the reasons I love it and yeah. I was like I have no idea what to do <laughs> my hands are tied <laughs> like I can't even reason with you because all the reasons you're saying you hate it are all the reasons I love it <laughs> yeah and so yeah yeah and at that time i was actually and i'm not going to name groups or anything because i love all those guys over there but i was in a i was an admin for a different star wars discussion group on facebook and i ended Mm -hmm. up um in the midst of all that i got so exhausted i ended up leaving (laughs) i ended up leaving as an admin there wow yeah you know, um, and and again, I love all the guys there. And so, if any of them hear this podcast, just know, love you guys. <laughs> but you all know why I left. So, um, uh, so that's no secret, okay? And um, you heard and it so here I, first. I, I, yeah. So I, I I totally I totally get where you're coming from, and I'm I'm still trying to bring people along you know as many people yeah. as I possibly guys it's can. gonna work it's gonna work one day people are gonna come around <laughs> <laughs> well and i i want actually i want you to keep keep talking and sharing your thoughts and going a little bit deeper on last jedi but i i wanted to share this really quick because um i i saw a post from um a teenager um not too long ago on facebook can't remember which group it was in but but he talked about how this was his Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I love okay? that. Okay, and I how and how that. and how and how you know it's been a ride. You know, over the past few years, 
and how much he loved the sequel trilogy, how much this was his Star Wars. And and so that, I think, should even those who aren't big on it should recognize something. Yes. Um, they should recognize that, that, that Star Wars is a story that spans three generations yeah. or more. And some people identify with the original trilogy more, some the prequels, some the sequels, but it creates mm. a, it really does when you watch them from episode one to episode nine, create a cohesive whole. And I will mm. debate anybody who says that there wasn't a lot of thought put into the sequel trilogy because that's 100% not true. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not going to also sit here and say that they're 100% perfect films either. But guess what? I hate to burst a bubble, but neither was Return of the Jedi. Okay? Neither was Return of... What? (laughs) No. Return of the Jedi is not a perfect movie. Definitely not. Um... Neither is the Phantom Menace. Neither is Attack of the Clones. Neither Empire is Revenge Strikes of the Back. Might be neither. perfect. <laughs> no, I actually, I actually, I actually think Empire Strikes Back is perfect. <laughs> I, I really think it is too. Um, and 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 also A New Hope as well. Um, mm. in, in fact, um, and uh, you know, because whereas A New Hope is just that perfect Saturday morning Flash Gordon type. Mm-hmm. It adventure the 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 Empire Strikes Back is the perfect response oh, God, to Don't give me to started. that, and 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 I love as a matter of fact they um I love the Star Wars Black Series figures and I you know I wish I could own them all, but uh, as luck would have it, Empire Strikes Back is celebrating its 40th anniversary this year, and they are releasing Empire Strikes Black Back Black Series <laughs> figurines. <laughs> And, you know, and I'm already, like, ready to, like, run my credit card, you know, on, wow. on those because they're, they're amazing. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, all gripes aside, and we all have them, we all wish something would have been done differently here, there, the oh, other. Yeah. But I don't think it can be, can, can be disputed if you're being intellectually honest about the story as it has played out from episode one through episode nine, that there is not a th- thematic... Uh, through line at yeah. this point that connects all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I would agree with that. Yeah, like, totally. I, I mean, like Michael and I have talked about how, um, you know, even though we have maybe some mixed feelings on rise of Skywalker, I would never debate yeah. that. Like I would never dispute that it is, it does tie the story together in, in a lot of thematic ways. Um, maybe not in all the ways I wish it had, but I mean, that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I want to take what I've been given and see, see it from the best point of view I possibly can. Cause it's what I've been given. They're not going to remake episode nine. Um, and so, no. <laughs> so, you and know, we're probably I mean, not getting that Abrams cut either. So you guys can stop <laughs> with the hashtags and everything. Okay. Let's just stop with the hashtag every cut. <laughs> yeah. I was about to well, say every movie has a director's cut. It's called deleted scenes. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, but release the Snyder Cut. Okay. All right. No. Moving on. My brother. On. No, uh, no, no. I totally um, on a, on. A, I think I just I must gravitate towards subversive films because just on a side note for all of you listening out there who. Who you know? There's a lot of crossover between people who just violently hate the Last Jedi and Batman v Superman, and I happen <laughs> to love both of those films very, very much. So, um, and we'll defend them to the death if mm-hmm. necessary. Uh, uh, no, with just quick rhetoric. That's that's how I'll <laughs> quick rhetoric. Yeah, right. dude. Yeah, um, I I love what you said about how this is this is some people's star wars and i mean dude okay short little story my wife and i one of the (laughs) way this is this is how i like got her to hang out with me for the first time i i said uh we were talking one night at this like when we kind of reconnected at this concert and um she was like she told me she'd never seen star wars and i was like hold on what and so in the back of my mind i was like we're going to hang out and we're going to watch Star Wars. And so after a little while, I I texted her and I said, so you know that thing where you haven't seen Star Wars? Uh, we should watch Star Wars. Or you, you should, <laughs> we should fix that. And, uh, and so she said, okay. And so <laughs> the funny thing is, I wish I could say Star Wars brought us together. It, it actually didn't. We ended up watching Lord of the Rings instead. <laughs> Um, which was an awesome choice. Um, she, hey, I can't knock that. Like, no, it, yeah. was, it was like, okay, fine. We'll watch Lord of the Rings. Um, so, but I will say after those movies, we did, we were actually like together at this point, but we did start going through the whole series of star Wars and we went in release order and, uh, she, liked the original trilogy uh she hates han solo she does not like han solo at all um <laughs> um uh, doesn't really doesn't get it um oh, pour one out for my homie <laughs> <laughs> and then uh she enjoyed some of the prequels uh for sure but really she told me she was like babe the pre the sequels are my favorite by far she said the she thinks that the rise of Skywalker is her favorite star Wars movie. Um, Mm -hmm. and so like these are grabbing new star Wars fans. There's something about these and they are, they have the same magic. It just looks different now than it used to, but it's the same star Wars magic and it's grabbing new people, a new generation, three generations later. And that's, that's what's so special about star Wars. And, um, gosh, I... Well, I mean, with the sequel trilogy, even visually, Star Wars was finally able to to reach the visual level that it had always needed to reach. Envisioned, yes, yeah. Um, even visually speaking, yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, it was yeah. it, it's always been ahead of its time visually, but it was like whenever whenever the Force Awakens came around, and it all was like on the screen you were like okay this is what star mm-hmm. wars is supposed to look like <laughs> yeah this was what it was always and, meant to look like i know and i i i and i i actually came to that realization in the force awakens when uh uh you know they go to maz kanata's castle 
and the First Order shows up, and then Poe shows up with his squadron of X-Wings oh, and yeah. flying over the water. Dude. I... Uh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I mean that was pure that was pure Star Wars bliss in that yeah. in that moment, and I just I got goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now. Yep. Um, that's actually my favorite aerial and slash ground battle in the Force Awakens is that entire uh, uh, set and oh, sequence yeah. there. Um, I just I love it, and and just the in the and then the drama that's there with Rey and Kylo and. You know, him kidnapping yeah. her and, you know, Leia telling Han to go find him and get him. Bad idea. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, okay, so I want to, so you love, you love The Last Jedi, but you, you haven't, uh, you haven't really been able to delve into those to those particulars yet. Yeah, yeah, we haven't we haven't really had an episode that was like, okay, let's spend the entire time talking about it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. um so why don't we just do that, y'all? Why don't we just do it? So, um I'll I'll actually I can start kind of we can I can start tying it into kind of what we were just talking about a little bit. So, um one of the things I love so much, and I think this is for the sequel trilogy as a whole, but I see it a lot in The Last Jedi in particular, is like I had a lot of moments when watching these movies where I did, I was like, I was able to sort of think about myself in the shoes of young, like, like of kids and teenagers going to see these movies and getting to see Rey and think, I want to be like her, or see Finn and be like, I want to be like him. And, like, they get to look at these characters just like I looked at Obi-Wan when I was watching the prequels in theaters, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, because, like, Michael Michael and I are, like, it's interesting. I've finally kind of claimed the fact that I am a prequel baby. Um, like, even though I loved, like, like, by all accounts, the original trilogy are better movies objectively. But there's something about the prequels that just really capture the magic of star Wars for me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, and like the revenge of the Sith was the one that made me a complete, uh, completely obsessed with star Wars. Um, and yeah. so, um, and I think that whenever I watched the last Jedi, it was it the thing that the last Jedi accomplishes so well that I think that even a lot of the older movies didn't do was that it didn't, it, it kind of showed us um, characters who they're expected to be perfect or they're expected to be um, without flaws. And it, it shows them having to reckon with the darkness within them, both yeah. Luke and Ray and, and Kylo is actually having to reckon with the light inside of himself. Yeah. And I think that all of these different things going on made this movie so deep and it made um, me personally be able to connect with it on a really deep level. It's like ha- like these all of these people who are so powerful have to come to terms with the things inside of them that um, are the hardest things to face, whether that be fear or not knowing your identity or um, or forgetting your identity kind of like Kylo, I think, really just lost touch with who who Ben is, you know, mm-hmm. um, or failure, Luke. Yeah. 
um yeah luke having to wrestle with failure and loss um and not only that but the legacy of the jedi themselves yes. mm-hmm. and having to carry and the burden that he carried knowing history yes <laughs> the yeah. jedi texts and he <laughs> oh, that's one of the best memes ever <laughs> <laughs> that that right there <clears throat> i think that people don't think about that aspect of luke's character he never had the tree he was never surrounded by the jedi of the order like obi-wan was or even like anakin had the opportunity to be uh, he had to wrestle with all of the stuff all the all of the teachings of the jedi he just had to kind of take them in text and whatever little time he had with yoda or ben you know and he had to just kind of take those things and do with it as best he could and he had the whole weight of the order of the jedi and the jedi religion on his shoulders and then whenever he failed he felt like he didn't just fail you know ben but he failed the entire religion of the jedi and um that's so heavy and I mean, how would you not be in such a dark place after that? And I think that actually one of my favorite things about Rise of Skywalker that ties in so well with Last Jedi is that moment where Rey goes back to Octu mm-hmm. and um, she is ready to essentially throw in the towel like Luke did. And she's ready to give up. And she throws the lightsaber and he catches it. And... Um, a lot of people say it's a retcon of Last Jedi. I think it's the opposite. I think it's really just bringing her back around all of the character development that Luke went through. And now, in this moment, Rey is able to be for Luke. Or Luke is able to be for Rey what Rey was for Luke. And actually bring hope to her and sort of call that light back out of her. And um, and I just think that it, it creates a really wonderful story arc for Luke. Like, we created these lists on the Facebook group recently of our favorite characters, uh, like our top five favorite Star Wars characters. I would not have put Luke in there um, before The Last Jedi. I think The Last Jedi is what actually made me fall in love with him. And I think that um, that's, like, one of my favorite things about that movie. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff, but... Yeah, I, I, I still think it's a it's just an absolute miracle that um that The Last Jedi was able to take a character like Luke and actually give him a reason to exist in the yeah. trilogy. Like like why is he here? What's his purpose? What is he up to? When you watch the director and the Jedi, which is a spectacular documentary, by the way, um, you know, Ryan Johnson talks about struggling or not struggling but but really trying to determine Luke's place mm-hmm. and and why is he on the island to begin with okay i've been handed this this middle chapter of a trilogy and i've got Luke Skywalker on a freaking island <laughs> yeah <know? laughs> like like what am i supposed to do <laughs> with 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 this <laughs> And and what he did was um, give give Luke a a second arc. So Luke yeah, has an yeah. arc in the original trilogy, mm-hmm. but then somehow miraculously, the Last Jedi and then part of the Rise of Skywalker 
gives him a second arc that's just as powerful, if not more so, than his arc in the original trilogy. And I totally agree with you that I wouldn't have put Luke Skywalker if I'm looking at my absolute favorite characters. I've always really liked Luke. Of course, who doesn't like Luke? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we all do. Okay. He's the fan. He's just the nobody. Nobody has anything bad to say about Luke. Um, but I, he wouldn't have been my number one. Mm-hmm. I, I, t- I totally agree with you. And then The Last Jedi came along and I chewed on it. And and he became that because, because Luke wrestled with the the darkness that was there. And by the way, the darkness that was there in him, even in the original trilogy. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. Um, and... <laughs> And and I would actually argue that the way Luke was handled in The Last Jedi was 100% consistent with his character. Yes, I would too, man, 100%. In the, in, I would too. In, in the original trilogy. And and um, I get that some people wanted him to be this like overpowered Jedi Super Saiyan, okay, who, <laughs> you know, pulled, you know, like pulled a, you know went all anime and you know shot you know bolts out of his you know energy blasts out of his hands or you know just like went full goku or something like that. i don't know really what they were expecting but um uh but but what we got instead was was a luke that was at his lowest for justifiable reasons yeah oh, man. and and then and then he has, I think, one of the top three moments in the entire saga with Yoda at at the tree. Yes. I am brought to tears in that <laughs> yeah. scene nearly every Me single too. time because of what it means philosophically and mythologically for the entire saga. Yeah. And what Yoda is actually telling him. Yeah. And and I mean, he's telling him that I've been giving you the same lesson for years and it still hasn't sunk into your stupid <laughs> head. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you're still looking to the horizon and not what's right in front of you. And it's time that you and it's time that you changed. Yeah. Um, and, and, and page turners, um, they are not. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and I just, I just, I just love, you know, when, once I noticed that Ray actually had the Jedi text, I was like, Yoda, you little troll. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you totally knew she took those and you were just trying to teach Luke a lesson yeah. about where, about where his focus should be. Yeah. And that's why he was laughing so hard. Yeah. Mm hmm. You know, uh, because he knew exactly, he knew they weren't in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love, God, I love Gosh. Yoda so you know? much. <laughs> and so I mean, that, that scene for me is just hmm. mind bending. And, yeah. and, and then for him to, and then for him to show up on crate and com- complete that part of his arc where he sees Leia, another top five Star Wars moment there you know where he says no one has ever really gone and he mm-hmm. apologizes to her Gosh, uh gut-wrenching 
mastermind. I, and then and then he walks out and he does exactly what he made fun of early in the more or earlier in the film. He's like, "What do you think I'm going to do? You know, go and face down the entire first order with, with a, a laser, laser sword." sword. Yeah. Uh, and you know, using the you know the common term for a lightsaber, yeah. um, very intentionally in that moment. Uh, yeah. And he does. That's exactly what he does. He he goes and he because he reconciles himself with his own failures, and he decides to face the manifestation of his failure in Ben Solo, and and he confronts that like the Jedi Master that he actually is. Yeah, and 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 it's so inspiring. Yeah, that. There are children at the end of the film telling the story about the last stand of Luke Skywalker. And so like, I don't know. I don't know what else could it. Right. I mean, I, I try to when people criticize his arc and I really I don't mean this. You know, if you still don't like, you know, hear me out. Anybody who's listening, if you still don't like the way Luke was handled in the film, that's your opinion. And and I don't criticize you personally for that okay but what i try to do when i have this conversation about luke is i go okay i understand that you didn't like luke in these moments but can we talk about where last the last jedi left him exactly yeah can, can yeah. we talk about the last 20 minutes of the film yeah like you know why would you why would you focus only on like the <laughs> in the middle like the beginning and middle of his story in the film when he is definitely not i mean he's he's in rough shape in this movie he's in very yeah. rough shape so if you just walked out of the theater two-thirds of the way through the movie you'd be like yeah that's not my luke and i would have too because yeah okay <laughs> sure but but the thing is there's still another third of the movie left yeah and none of there's us still redemption yeah and I, sure. I, I just don't I, – I agree with you. I don't understand how – I don't understand how people cannot – and again, like you said, it's okay if you don't like it. That's fine. But like you have to at least like see that he does come out redeemed in the end just like – I mean he is our Luke in the end. He just went through a whole lot. And there's a yeah, lot of yeah. darkness in him where there always was darkness. But I I just think his I think his story is beautiful. I think it's poetic. Which one of us, I always say this, which one of us 40 years from now is going to be the same person we are right now? Are we are we are we going to go th- are we not going to go through things that test us? Things mm-hmm. are we not going to go through really really bad times that make us question things are we not going to be able are we not going to go through times that make us question who we are in our identity um yes we are and i to me luke has never been more relatable than he was here in this movie except for maybe when he was just wanting to go to the tashi station <laughs> yeah so. or or in or in the some of the final moments of return of the jedi where he nearly kills his own father yep okay you know <sighs> doing something that he said he would never do but out of anger and and out of trying to protect leia in that moment yeah luke 
nearly kills his own father and nearly, by the way, Goes to at the one point side. his father is defenseless mm-hmm. and he nearly kills him. Okay, that is the Luke that gets really angry when you threaten the people that he loves. Yeah. Okay. And so we get to the last Jedi and we and we we have this history with Luke. He understands the history of the Jedi order. He understands what he went through with Vader and Palpatine and Luke is like Ben Solo is the next Darth Vader. Mm. Yeah. And and he and and in that moment in because of everything that he's been through, he's like, I, I could stop this from happening. Yeah. I, I could stop it all. Mm-hmm. But just as he says in that moment, it was a moment of pure instinct. Yeah. And then it vanished like a fleeting shadow. And I was left with shame and consequence. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, that entire monologue and sequence is some of the best writing in the entire saga. Yeah. And so, you know, just like when Luke was standing over Vader with his lightsaber and he saw his hand in Vader's hand and he had this this epiphany, mm-hmm. you know, about, oh my gosh, I can't become like this. I've got to, I've got to make a different kind of stand, you know, instead of through, through strength, through, through violence, I've got to make a different kind of stand to show, to not only redeem my father, to keep myself from falling to the dark side and to show Palpatine that I'm, that I'm not going to give in to him. Mm -hmm. That moment with Ben Solo in the hut, he has the same, there's, there is, there's symmetry there. Yeah, because is. because he has a moment where it's so brief and then he's like what am i doing mm-hmm. I, what am i doing and he never you know in the actual accurate telling of of that confrontation he never raises his lightsaber against ben solo um because but it's still ignited and and from ben solo's perspective Luke Skywalker is about to kill him and there's nothing that Luke can do to stop what's about to happen mm-hmm. at that point. And so The Last Jedi juggles on a side note point of view so incredibly well. And oh, yeah. by the way, I love that that's why, you know, you call this podcast a certain point of view. And yeah. if there's any film within the saga that's about a certain point of view, it's The Last Jedi. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Okay. I would 100% agree and with that. And without, uh, without a doubt. But, but, but he has that, like I said, he has that moment and, and he decides to not go through with it, but it's, but it's too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he has to live with the consequence of losing his, <laughs> his sister's son. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the destruction of the Jedi Temple and the destruction uh, in a way of the Jedi Master that he was supposed to be, that burden that he was supposed to carry to rebuild the Order exactly like it was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that something that, like, people also kind of miss in that scene is the fact that, like, the... Like, I mean, Ryan Johnson was intentionally doing something in that scene... Um, 
and attaching it to the to what you're talking about like the framing of like whenever you see his face just absolutely filled with all of that like like i like when he has all the anger in him that or like all of the fear in him really mm-hmm. that he could just he could take out ben right there in that moment that shot of his face when he's struggling with that decision is the same framing of the shot in Return of the Jedi when he is faced with the decision to kill his father or not. Like, it's a very intentional filmmaking thing that he did there to make you draw that connection. And I think yeah. that um, it's beautifully done. Something that you touched on, I actually wanted to um, I wanted to say something about earlier, was um, when uh, that scene where, he's, where Luke is talking to Yoda in, at the tree and everything, I think that, and this is more so just like, his arc in, as a whole, but um, I think that that scene in particular really solidifies Luke's second arc, as you called it, and that arc not only being, um, you know, his journey and his growth as you know an individual, but I think that his his arc in a lot of ways mirrors the things that um, you know some of the other people in the movie are learning, you know, whether that be tied to not having to always be the hero. Um, like you, like you don't have to carry this burden all on your own. Like you can, like you, you have passed on all that, you know, you know, let Mm -hmm. like, like let Ray fight this fight. Like let, let them win this battle for you. This weight is no longer on your shoulders. So mm-hmm. you can either sit around and still be angry at, you know, the mistakes that you made, or you can pass on what you know and give them a fighting chance. And I think that that's kind of the same decision almost um, in a way that, that Holdo was, was faced with. You know, she she always she never wanted to be the hero. She was trying to teach um, Poe that all through the movie. It was like, you don't always have to choose. You don't always have to be the hero. Like, you have to choose your moments and everything. And in the moment that she knew it was her time to sacrifice herself so that the rest of the people could go. It was her time and she knew yeah. the right time. And, um, to, so that, you know, Poe and the rest of the resistance could actually have a fighting chance and they could continue the battle themselves. Um, it's the, it's what Yoda said to Luke. It's, you know, we are what they draw beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's kind of what a lot of the different masters in that movie in a way were learning, um, was to really actually give the reins to that new generation, which I think um, Ryan Johnson, in an almost sneaky way, or maybe not even intentionally, uh, was trying to teach older Star Wars fans, in a way. <laughs> yeah, and and like you said, maybe not intentionally, probably not intentionally. Yeah. Um, you know, I just think he set out to tell a story as... You know, one thing that I love about the sequel era of Star Wars is is you have directors like J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson who grew up as Star Wars fans. Yeah. They are truly, they're bona fide Star Wars geeks, in fact. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. And they are great filmmakers. And mm-hmm. so all of a sudden you have that magical cohesion of actual Star Wars nerds that are great filmmakers making Star Wars movies and kind of exploring the ideas that they've always wanted to unpack some more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the sequel trilogy represents. 
yes, it's the end of the Skywalker saga, but I also like to look at it more as the epilogue of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Um, totally. It's the end, but it's the it's the epilogue in in some ways too, just to nuance it a bit. Where where you know we get to a point where this this new generation is really dealing with the blowback from that goes all the way back to the to the fall of the um, republic, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're dealing with the the consequences and and so that's what i really appreciate thematically about the sequel trilogy um and gosh we could talk about luke's arc probably the whole time i mean you could have an entire episode 100 percent. we you could. know on 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 his arc and we probably don't have the, the time to, <laughs> to, to time to do that but i i feel like we've hit the high points though on his character and kind of explained where ryan johnson takes him and by the mm-hmm. end of that film him making his final stand as Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master, mm-hmm. um, performing a oh. a feat that would have that would <laughs> have that that would have, you know, even Kylo says earlier in the movie to Ray when they're trying to figure out their Force connection, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, you're not doing this on your own. The effort would kill you. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is." This is something else. And he's trying to figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then later on, Luke Skywalker, for an extended period of time, projects himself halfway across the galaxy to save his sister and, like, you Resistance. know... And, like, five people in a droid, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it's, it's more than that, but they're basically at the lowest that they've ever been, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know... You know they're 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 at a lower point than where the Rebel Alliance was at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah. Okay. One hundred percent. And and uh, and and so you know and Luke 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 does that and I actually found how Ryan Johnson handled that and surprised me with it, um, where he ended up being a projection instead and and the the implications of the interaction between him and Kylo Ren and why Luke was really there to face him in the first place, I found to be, the more I thought about it, so much more satisfying Mm -hmm. than if Luke would have just shown up physically and just, like I said, become this, you know, what I would consider a very overpowered, unrealistically you know, unrealistically overpowered, you know, uh, Jedi, you yeah. know, that was just pulling, you know, a, you know, ATATs down and, and wreaking <laughs> havoc, which by the way, is completely contrary to Luke's character anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't know where the idea came from. <laughs> that I mean, it's, you know, unless, universe, you, it, it's the Luke, EU which... Luke, it's the EU Luke. To to an extent, that's true. Yeah, which is that's not true. canon. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. No. And no. And by the way, I just want to remind yeah. people: love the EU all you want. Not criticizing it. Like I said, I love you all. I just want you to know. <laughs> you know, people <laughs> who are listening to this who disagree with me. You know, even George Lucas himself. You know, he wanted consistency with the EU, but the EU was was always a like an alternate 
universe to him and he never considered it canon truly not not truly he for for the sake of the product and the story he wanted to keep as much consistency as possible but what i try to tell people is had george lucas stayed on at lucasfilm and made new star wars movies the eu would have been decanonized officially Mm -hmm. yeah because it would have been the only way for him to tell the seven through nine story that he was thinking up yeah you know and wanted to it would be the only way yeah and i think that like Um, the thing with the eu is like like you know i i mean like i love a lot of the stuff in the eu i know most of pretty much all of what i know of the eu is from like knights of the old republic and stuff like that so that sort of era of stuff is what i'm most familiar with when it comes to the um expanded universe and all that but um i personally like as someone who's a fan of a lot of the stuff that they did with uh, the EU, I feel like I feel like Disney's sort of solution for it, where it's like the EU stuff is now considered legends, um, and uh, everything else that they decide to make canon is canon or whatever, and they can just pull from legends anytime that they want. Like, <laughs> like Darth Revan is canon, guys. I mean, I'm not yeah. maybe his whole story, but he is canon. So they could pull anything from his story that they wanted to at any moment. And I think that yeah. that's actually, oh, in a way, it creates a really cool space for the for the EU to exist in, where, um, you know, I mean, it's basically like like folk tales and like myth. You know, mm-hmm. it's these stories that's like. It could be true, but it's probably exaggerated a little bit, or uh, we don't really know what is a hundred percent accurate or not. Um, and so, I think it's just—I think it's a really cool way to actually treat the EU yeah. is as legends and stuff that they can just pull from like that, you know? Right. And what would have been disrespectful is if all of a sudden they acted like the EU never existed and they went out of print and they completely ignored. EU fans yeah you know I would have had an issue with that too but what they did was is they moved it to the legends label and they're still printing those books because they're those books are still selling because there's a lot of fans of them and they and they exist and so what I tell folks too I said hey you know Star Wars is different things to different people Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and if and if you want to stick to the original trilogy in the EU that came after that Guess what? You can. That can be that can be your Star Wars. Yeah. That can be your Star Wars and nothing has changed that.